Good morning, church. May the grace and peace of the risen Christ be with you. It is always a joy to be able to come together and worship our God. Amen. And as we gather today, we know it is a busy weekend in the life of our culture, in the life of our country, as we come together and celebrate what is called America's unofficial holiday today, and then an actual holiday tomorrow. <laughs> and so there's a lot going on. We also have some things going on this morning in the church, because we're going to be celebrating Scouting Sunday today. And so as we come together... As we said, there's a lot happening, but we know that the most important thing before us is praise and worship for the one who makes all things possible. Amen? And so with that, take a moment, just share the joy and peace of Christ that is moving through you and moving through this space with all your brothers and sisters. Make sure that we all are aware of the presence and movement of God with us. And so whether you are joining us in the sanctuary or joining us online, we want you to be able to join in this worship with us. And so we're going to start with a responsive prayer that moves us into our awareness of God. God of gods, we come to worship today to hear your good news, to hear of faith, hope, and love ringing out from your kingdom. We know that doubt, fear, and hatred can shake even the strongest. Shape us into faithful, hopeful people. Fill us with your love that passes all understanding. We pray this together in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let me love as you have loved me. Amen. Please rise for the presenta presentation of the colors. <clears throat> Troop attention. Color guard, advance. Color guard, present the colors. Troop salute, may you please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Two, scout sign, scout oath, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country, to obey the scout laws, to help other people at all times, and to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Scout laws. Scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Two. Color guard post the colors. Color guard dismissed. Please be seated.
Good morning, everybody. Good morning to everybody online. It's great to have the Boy Scouts with us and this one singing with me this morning. So love is all about chocolate and roses, right? You're all set to go for a while? <laughs> You're going to hear a lot about love from Jesus' perspective today. And I invite you to stand as we sing our first hymn, Where Charity and Love Prevail. Tenderfoot rank for Troop 98. So today I'm here to do a thankful moment for everybody. And basically, scouting has really been one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I've made so many new friends that I am so thankful for. I've learned amazing outdoor skills that will help me later in life. We've been to summer camp, and that has been amazing, getting to do all the activities there more fun activities at the meetings that we get to do. Um, we go to many campouts. Those are just amazing, learning how to camp in tents and learning how to build a fire. Um, I have never done that before, but I did it in scouting. I've um, been nominated to be the chaplain's aide, and that has brought me closer to God in every way possible. And I also want to thank the church for letting us use this as our scouting uh, home base, I guess, and letting us do all the activities that we do here. So you just have to take everything for granted, and I have taken scouting for granted, and I am thankful for scouting. Thank you. morning. It's so nice to see you all here today. I'm Jennifer, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Um, we want to especially make sure that we welcome and thank the Boy Scouts for participating in service today. So God knows the power of a gift, and he wanted to be, he wanted every gift to be from each person's own will, so that when your blessings come, we understand how God works through our gifts to prosper our well-being. 
you have a moment of opportunity to be ushered into the presence of God by giving to him as he is so graciously given to each one of us. Will you enter into the presence of God with me by worshiping him through our gifts and our offerings? We know we've been saved. We know we're supposed to be changed. But does anybody out there ever have a day where they end the day and think, wow, I kind of fell short? <laughs> and the song we're about to share with you today is kind of an encouraging prayer to God about those moments that his mercies are new every day. And we have a chance always every day to do a little bit better. So if you know the song, sing with us. If you don't, you can clap along. Maybe by the end, you can join in on the last chorus. But this song is Less Like Me by Zach Williams.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love that you show to us. We ask that you accept our gifts and our offerings as a symbol of our love for you and use it to go out and further your kingdom in the world. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we come to a time of um, concerns and celebration. Um, we do want to remind you that we do have our remembrance candles back up. So if at any point you want to go over and light one, please feel free to do that. And we ask that you keep Pastor Kathy as she continues on her rest time um, in your prayers. Please, please pray with me. Dear God, thank you that you are a loving and gracious God. Thank you that you've offered us forgiveness and the gift of new life in you. Thank you that your love is perfect, that it never fails, and that nothing can ever separate us from your love. We pray that our lives would be filled and overflowing with the power of your love. We want to make a difference in this world and bring honor to you. We ask for your help in reminding us that the most important things are not what we do outwardly, that it's not based on any talent or gift, but the most significant thing we can do in this life is to simply love you and choose to carry that love to others. Lord, thank you that your love is patient. Help us show patience with those around us. Lord, thank you that your loving is kind. Help us extend that kindness to others. Lord, thank you that true love is not jealous. Help us cast aside feelings of jealousy or hatred towards others. Lord, we thank you that your love does not brag and is not arrogant. Help us not to live with pride or arrogance, but to choose to walk with humility and grace. Thank you that true love does not act becomingly. Lord, help us extend kindness instead of rudeness towards others. Help us to lay aside the critical tone and tearing down with our words so that we can truly walk in peace. Lord, thank you that true love does not seek its own. Lord, help us to not live selfishly, looking only to our own interests. Thank you that true love is not provoked. Help us to not become so easily angered. Help us not to be so quickly to react, but instead slow to speak and slow to become angry. Lord, thank you that your love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Lord, help us not to hold grudges, but to choose to forgive, even when that may be difficult. Lord, we thank you that your love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Help us to love your words of truth so that we may walk in your freedom and your wisdom. Let that be what drives our lives and our choices every single day. Lord, thank you that your love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Thank you that your love never fails. Help us to love as you love. Fill us with your spirit so that we can choose what's best. When we are weak, 
We know that when you are strong within us, thank you that it's not all up to us and that you equip us to face each day with the power of your love, your forgiveness, and your grace. We love you, and we know that we need you today, tomorrow, and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Morning. Today's first scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and, pro- and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Today's second reading comes from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Loving God, we are so grateful for the gift that is this morning. And as we come with our hearts open, Lord, and you move among us so gracefully, beautifully, and powerfully, we are praying that you would plant a seed in each of us, 
that seed that you know we need to go into the world and bear fruit for the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So as you heard me say in the greeting, love is in the air, right? Mm, that was kind of that was kind of weak. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm guessing some folks running off to the store, whether it's today or tomorrow morning. <laughs> but you know, love is in the air, right? That's what it's about. Let's at least hope so. <laughs> love is in the air, because you know this is the day. Well, not this day, but tomorrow. For those of you still keeping score, tomorrow that we're supposed to mark on our calendars because we pay special attention to those loved ones in our lives. Make sure we have that sort of marker, that gentle reminder that says, do some things out loud that you kind of take for granted. <laughs> and I hope everybody at least remembered because like I said, that wasn't the most enthusiastic response I've ever seen. <laughs> but, but when you ask the question though, is love in the air, love is in the air, you kind of ask, is it though? Is it? Really? <laughs> because, you know, Valentine's Day has kind of fallen into that trap that we talk about with Christmas and Halloween, right? It's kind of becoming one of them big commercialized holidays <laughs> where it's more about what you wear and what you buy and that sort of thing than actually love being in the air. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we kind of have this thing. We supposed to do the loving things every day, say the words, show the acts, do those things. And so Valentine's Day is just supposed to be kind of a bump along the way. You shouldn't need that special marker. However, people being who we are, it's good to have that marker from time to time. But, you know, is it, is it really love is in there? Because we struggle sometimes with this. Because for love to be what we think it is, you know, as we said, we really probably shouldn't need a holiday. If love is what it's supposed to be in our lives, then a reminder shouldn't be necessary. Yet, we know we have to have that. And there's certainly nothing wrong with it. And the idea that we would pause and make sure we set aside a time to celebrate those partners in our lives, those folks who really treat us the way no one else is supposed to treat us, those gifts from God who are our walk beside us, serve in every way, partners, is key. And if you ever take that for granted, don't forget, there are those who would love to be able to celebrate that and aren't able to. So make sure that that doesn't just blow right by you. But we want to spend some time on this notion of love today and making sure that it is what we think it is, that we do what it is we believe it's supposed to mean, because for the follower of Jesus, love isn't just about this special kind of romantic marker. Love is a whole lot bigger than Valentine's Day, and love is not just about that particular type of partnership. And if we let that slip, if we ever forget that, then we're really in trouble. And so we want to make sure that we remember that as followers of Jesus, that we are in fact people who are dedicating our lives to love each and every day. So to do that, 
what we want to do is live in these scriptures for a minute because we read a really popular piece of the Bible today. This is one that folks who aren't real dedicated Bible students and followers of Jesus probably know. A lot of folks have it hanging in their house. You hear it at every wedding. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. But the thing about that chapter in 1 Corinthians that a lot of people forget is that Paul wasn't writing about romantic love. And for some folks, that might be news. He wasn't writing about romantic love. The book of 1 Corinthians was written to a church that was in conflict. They were having a lot of problems on many different levels. And one of the issues they were grappling with was spiritual maturity. They were also having folks who were doing all kinds of things because as relatively new believers, they weren't exactly sure what it meant to live like Jesus lived. And so Paul spends a lot of this letter helping them address some of these questions. And what we want to spend time with today is a couple of different pieces that I want you to hear, especially as followers of Jesus, that remember what love is really supposed to be to you. Because in the chapter before this one, many folks who have studied scripture know this, is that that's the chapter where Paul lays out spiritual gifts. And he talks about everybody making their own particular contribution as they are gifted by God and how we come together and form the body of Christ. And he talks about all the different gifts and the ways in which God uses us to be blessings for the world. But what he's, he moves the people along, the readers of his letter, by saying, after all of this, you can have these gifts, you can do your part. But then at the end of the chapter, the very last verse, what he says is, use your ambition to try and get the greater gifts, and I'm going to show you an even better way. Now, depending on what translation of scripture you have, sometimes that said the most excellent way. And that's really where I want us to be today. Because I want all of us, especially as disciples of Jesus, to make sure we're committed to living the more excellent way. And so what is that? And that's when he goes into what you heard today. When he says, I'm going to show you the more excellent way. And then he starts. If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. See, when we, as the people of Jesus, think about what love's supposed to mean to us, that's where our heads and hearts are supposed to go. And sometimes we have sort of checked that out. We've kind of left that off the table. And what we want to make sure we get back to, what we reorient our focus on, is what does it mean to really go into this world as the people who live love. 
Because, you know, along with this Valentine's Day theme, you can get this point, right? Because what Paul is trying to get everybody to understand is this idea that, well, you can have your good intentions. You can say you love someone. You can say you love something. That's fine. But if that doesn't actually turn into what you do on a daily basis, then it doesn't really matter. But then we're going to go even further than that. Because what he's talking about here is, well, you can do this stuff. You can show up with your chocolate and your roses, but if that's just checking a box for you to make sure that you did what you were supposed to do because that's what the culture says you're supposed to do on February 14th, then you kind of miss the point. We've all been on the receiving end of gestures that we sort of appreciate the gesture. But if the heart wasn't in the gesture, we kind of felt that. We kind of knew that. And yeah, while we may appreciate the thing, we know it didn't do what it was supposed to do because the heart wasn't there. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing. So we got to bring it together. The heart has to be there in addition to the thing. And that's where the push comes. That's where the nudge is. That's where we know we have to take a step. Because that's what it means to love like Jesus loved. And that's our aspiration. That is not only what would be a nice thing to do. That is what Jesus told us to do. So how do we get there? Because we have to remember that you can do a lot of really nice things, but we have to bring love with it. And we also have to remember that love is more than just being polite. That love is more than just being nice. And that's why Paul picks up with the following. In case you were not clear, he says... Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, and endures all things. Hmm. Well, there you go. How are we doing so far? (laughs) Because that's when the rubber kind of hits the road on this thing. Because, like I said, we have kind of relegated this idea of loving folks to simply being polite to them. And love goes a whole lot further than that. Because we can do things out of obligation. We can do things out of duty. We can even do things with good intentions. But is that the same as loving like that? That's where this gets really hard. Because when you think about the ways in which even the people we want to show love to, 
even the people, whether we're talking about in our own houses or in our own families or in our immediate circles of friends, how hard it is to actually make sure that this is what we're bringing to the table with them every day. It gets better. Because Jesus said, not only are you supposed to do that with the people that it's easy for you to do this to, you heard our second reading, right? Because Jesus takes us to a whole nother place with this. Jesus says, but to you who are willing to hear, kind of strong opening, <laughs> to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies. Okay. Now, most folk don't even see themselves as having real enemies, right? (laughs) Most folk don't go that far. We're not really in a place where we throw down gauntlets and we think that we really got hard enemies. However, I'm willing to bet that all of us can look around our lives and find a relationship or two where, at a minimum, we're not exactly on the best terms with somebody. And if we can find a relationship or two like that, like I said, we may not actually check the enemy box. However, when you think about love, I'm willing to bet that if Jesus was here, he would say, yeah, that was thinking along those lines. (laughs) So when you think about that face that immediately popped in your head or that name that immediately popped in your head, Jesus is saying, love your enemies. And this is where people kind of look at Jesus and go, you can't be serious. (laughs) No, not them. (laughs) Of course not, but they. And so when I do these things, I have my reasons. And this is why I treat them the way I treat them. But what does love your enemies mean? Well, it means that love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice. But it's happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trusts in all things, hopes for all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Okay, you can't possibly have meant that, Jesus. Because Paul was writing to a whole bunch of people with a special set of circumstances, right? So Jesus drops this piece of knowledge. But just in case you think that Jesus wasn't in touch with this, remember this. What Jesus actually says a little bit later is this idea of what's supposed to set apart the people who claim his name, the people who follow him, the people who would say, we want to be difference makers in the world. He sends us this not-so-gentle reminder. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even the sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. 
If you lend from those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Sinners lend to sinners expecting to be paid back in full. Instead, love your enemies. He goes right back to it. Lest we forget, this love thing is pretty serious for Jesus. He talks about this a lot. In fact, when he's asked, Jesus, what's the most important rule for us to follow? We got all these rules. What's the greatest commandment of all of them? He points out two. And in the two, the first word is love. Love God. Love your neighbor. When Jesus is with his disciples on the night in which he's going to give himself up for us, he says, a new commandment I'm going to give to you. And that commandment starts with love. Jesus' commandments never have these other kinds of instructions. He always seems to go back to this main idea, which is love. And yet, we seem to get confused by it. We seem to treat it like it's optional or that it looks a certain way that doesn't sound exactly like the way it's described by him and by others. And that's kind of our challenge. And that's the hard part. See, the thing about this idea of loving is we go how hurt we are. We know what other people have done to us. We know how cruel and hard the world can be. And so we think love can't possibly be the response to that. But folks, let me remind you of something. As people who have been on this planet for more than five minutes, I'm willing to bet you understand how important love really is. Because if anyone has ever loved you from a pure place, anyone, not just parents, not just spouses, not just siblings, but if anyone has ever shown you love in a pure way, when you were hurt and they helped you, when you were sick and they cared for you, when you were confused and they came to you, when you were hurting and they sat with you, If anybody has ever shown you love in a pure way, you know the difference love makes. You know how important it is. You know that love is what in fact transforms. Love is what in fact changes hearts. Love is what in fact keeps people going. Love is what takes you to the hard places and helps you get through them. And if you know the difference love can make because it's made a difference for you, then imagine what loving others might do in your world. That's really the point. When Jesus says that's why we got to put it back out there, that's why it has to go that way, not just this way. Because we know the transformational power of love. And in a world in which we see so much hurt, so much brokenness, so much being lost, so much arrogance and willingness to cause pain, we can just join into the fray and crawl down into the mud 
I read a funny quote about this yesterday, and I thought, man, I need to integrate this particular one. Because it says, never wrestle with a pig, because you both get dirty and the pig liked it. <laughs> I thought, that's perfect. <laughs> but that's what we do, right? The world gets ugly, and we think ugly is what we got to be. When Jesus says, do the exact opposite. Do the exact opposite. Who would you rather be in these stories? Would you rather be the one who put kindness, put wisdom, put love into the space? Or would you rather just jump on in there with a pig? Because that's who Jesus calls us to be. The world doesn't know what to do with that. And the world will tell you that you're weak. And the world will tell you that you're not making any sense. And the world will tell you that it won't make any difference. The problem is, you already know the difference it will make. Because it happened to you. So let it make a difference for someone else. The world will tell you that you're weak. But remember, it takes a whole lot more strength to be loving in the face of adversity than it does to just jump in the mud. So, when you think about the difference love really makes, when you think of what it means to truly love your neighbor, when you think about how love never fails, that's what we mean by living the more excellent way. Because that's who our Lord is. Because when you were lost in your sin, when you were utterly confused, when you were in fact God's enemy because you were doing exactly the opposite of what God's will and hope was for you, God loved you anyway. And God didn't just say it. God came to you and turned you around. God saved you when you couldn't save yourself. And God walks with you still, even though you don't always get it right. That's the difference love makes. Those are the people we want to be. Those are the people Jesus knows we are capable of being. So today, church, let us resolve to go into the world as people who understand and live the more excellent way. Because in this broken and hurting world, it is only real love that will turn things around. Amen? And amen. So friends, in response to our message today, I'd like to share a prayer with you. This is a responsive prayer that is based on our scripture reading. I found this online and I thought it spoke so beautifully to what it is we aspire to be and what Jesus hopes for us as well that I wanted to share it in prayer with you today. So let's open our hearts and let's pray this prayer together. Lord, because love is patient, help me to be slow to judge, but quick to listen, hesitant to criticize, but eager to encourage, remembering your excellent patience with me. Because love is kind, help my words to be gentle and my thoughts to be thoughtful. Remind me to smile and to say please and thank you 
because those little things still mean so much. Because love does not envy or boast and is not proud. Help me to have a heart that is humble and sees the good in others. May I celebrate and appreciate all that I have and all that I am, as well as doing the same for those around me. Because love is not rude or self-seeking, help me to speak words that are easy on the ear and on the heart. And when I'm tempted to get wrapped up in my own little world, remind me that there is a great big world out there full of needs and hurts. Because love is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs, help me to forgive others as you have forgiven me. When I want to hold on to a grudge, gently help me release it so I can reach out with a hand of love instead. Because love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Help me stand up for what is right and good. May I defend the defenseless and help the helpless. Show me how I can make a difference. Because love always protects and always trusts. Help me to be a refuge for those around me. When the world outside is harsh and cold, may my heart be a place of acceptance and warmth. Finally, because love always perseveres, help my heart continually beat with love for you and others. Thank you for showing us what the word love really means. Amen. One of the ways in which we experience God's love and one of the ways we can show love as we've known it is to accept Christ's invitation to his table. So let's ready our hearts as we come to the table today. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You spoke to us, you delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice would roll down like waters in righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation would not lift up sword against nation, and neither would they study war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and he offered it to his disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for sin, for you and for many. Every time that you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. servers, please join us down front.
table has been prepared by our Lord himself, and he invites all to join him at the table to receive his freely given gift that we might experience a union with him like no other. And so we invite you to, as the Spirit leads, come to the center aisle, come down to the front, receive your elements, and exit by the side. For those of you who may be new to this, we use a method called intention. A server will break off a piece of bread for you, hand it to you, move to the cup, and then dip that bread in, and then receive them both together. If you would prefer to receive prepackaged elements, the server will hand them to you. We ask you to receive because communion is a gift for you. There's a gluten-free station on the far side of the sanctuary here, and so we move from the front to the back of the sanctuary. As the Spirit moves, please come and receive God's gift to you.
Our final song is, they'll know we are Christians by our love. What kind of love? Well, the kind the mighty trio, Jesus, Paul, and Pastor Scott just talked about. So I invite you to stand as we sing our closing song. Salute. Color Guard, retire the colors. Special word of acknowledgement and thanks and appreciation for our scouts today for joining us in service and all the great things they are doing with their lives. And as we consider the ways in which God is at work in your life, remember that we love because God first loved us. 
Make sure we go into the world today to share that love in ways that make all the difference we know that it is made in our hearts and in our lives. Be people of the more excellent way. And now in the name of God, our creator and king, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior, in the name of the Holy Spirit, our comforter and our sustainer. May God bless us now as we leave to love and serve God and all God's children. Amen.